uh, this has been a message on my heart. And so many people have come to me and told me how this has liberated their thinking. And, and they had believed this. So I had a lady come to me this morning and told me, she said, Pastor Steve, I believe this way. And I knew this was what God, this was the truth. She'd been coming for three weeks to the church. She came to me this morning and said, I knew this was truth. She said, but everywhere I'd go, they would teach differently. And I would, I would say something, and they would always teach it the other way. She said, to hear this has freed me up. I now know what I was thinking was right, and I'm free now. And I just, I just think that's what we need to hear. Amen? And uh, because this is, this is what we need in our lives, the recognition and understanding. So many people have made decisions about God based on incorrect information. They made decisions about their relationship with the Lord, and they allowed things in their lives, and they lived in things in their lives because of really, I'll tell you the truth, I believe because of what the church has taught us. And uh, I can only teach this from the perspective that I have, which is I've been there. I've done that. I bought the T-shirt. And I'm not teaching something that I haven't already experienced, that I was not taught, by well-meaning, wonderful people. My parents were the ones who taught me this all those years. The teaching they gave us, I knew the Bible, knew the stories of the Bible. I was familiar with all the things in the Bible. But, but I, I lacked an understanding of the applications of the Bible. And so I, I was limited in what I could receive. And, and for years, my mom and dad had a strong belief on healing and, and were comfortable with healing. Uh, they, they could get people healed. They didn't necessarily keep them healed, but they could get them healed. I don't know if that makes sense because you got to keep your healing, not just get your healing. But they could get them healed, but not necessarily keep them healed because the word in them wasn't right. That was a good word, but when you, when, you're, when you think that God is doing it, when you have the impression, you know, because we were taught back then, we were taught if it be thy will. Anybody remember those? I mean, you remember that, don't you? I mean, I know I'm not the only one. We'll pray for you. And, and then at the, in, the, in the middle of the prayer, you would hear if it be thy will. And there's only, do you realize there's only one time in the Bible, there's only one place in the Bible where Jesus himself made that prayer or declared that prayer and that was in the garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was in there he said if this cup if it be possible for this cup to pass from me nevertheless not my will but thy will be done that was the only time Jesus indicated to us that there was a prayer about thy will or that we were to pray something relational to his will and it was in the form of a dedication and consecration to the will of God and had nothing to do with healing or prosperity or any of those things. It was only about, it was only about uh, his prayer of dedication to and commitment to what he was called by God to do, which was the cross. And we've gotten that so confused and messed up that we've made that a prayer over everything that we do. And yet we fail to realize that there are all kinds of prayer. Ephesians tells us praying with all prayer and supplication. Watching there too. Well, that indicates to me there's more than one kind. How many know there's more than one kind of prayer? I mean, praying in the Spirit is a prayer. Praise and worship is prayer. Say amen. And so we've, we've thrown all prayer and lumped it into one thing and tried to, you know, I always like to say this, we tried to play baseball with football rules. You can't do it. How many know I'm right? You can't do it. And then there was a scripture where the man came and had a disease, and Jesus prayed for him. And, uh, and he got healed, and, the, and they asked him the question, was this for because of his mother's sin? Was this because of his father's sin? 
And Jesus said, no, it was for the glory of the Lord. Now, we've twisted that up. We've messed that scripture up. One scripture in the Bible has formed a doctrine for the entire church that they use that to say, well, God does that for God does these things for his glory. And they fail to realize Jesus never said that the sickness was produced by God. Say amen. amen. Satan was the one that bound him. Sickness is from the devil. And so here he is, a sick man by the devil. And Jesus comes along and says, I'm going to heal him and God's going to get the glory. And we've turned that into God made him sick for his glory. And it, nowhere in that scripture says that God made him sick for his glory. It just simply says that when Jesus came, Lazarus was already dead. Jesus had known he was going to be dead when he got there. And that he would have been dead for four days. When Jesus said this is for the glory of God, he was talking about raising him up. Not him being sick. Not him dying. Somebody say amen. amen. Now on two scriptures, we formed an entire relationship and an entire knowledge about God on two scriptures. And people have made that, and, and not that two scriptures couldn't do that. I'm just saying that if you had interpreted them correctly, you would have never come to those conclusions. You would have never reached the point where you believed that sickness came from God if you had studied those out and not had a pre, predisposed idea. You know, most uh, scholars today write from a predisposed idea. They come in and they have a, pre, uh, a prejudgment about God. They already have some teaching they've already had. And so instead of interpreting the word of God uh, just freely and openly, they come in with their idea of the things that they already believe and then bring the scriptures into their belief. What we ought to do is see what the scripture says and we ought to move into that instead of move the scriptures to us. We don't need the scripture to look like us. We need to look like the scriptures. Somebody say amen. And when we do, we can go and we can see clearly. I mean, look at what the scripture says. I love 3 John 2. It is one of my hallmark passages, one of my favorite scriptures. Beloved, point to yourself and say, I'm a beloved. Now look at somebody else. Point to them and say, you're a beloved. Now look at the person on the other side and say, you are a beloved. You know what it said? Beloved, that's me. That's me. Somebody say, that's me. That's me. Beloved, I wish, what do I wish? I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Say amen. amen. Now, what does that say to me? That as my soul is prospering, I am supposed to prosper. I am supposed to be in health. And, and it's like I said this morning. I thought it would, could I, I know it was quite, a, quite comical. When I read that in that book, I just thought, that is hilarious. You know, I mean, you put on a pair of spandex and take a picture, you pretty much know whether or not you overweight or not. My wife said, you did not tell them that. I said, I did. She said, they got a visual. They got a... <laughs> I said, I told them don't get a visual. <laughs> you can't help it, can you? But I mean, what a better way to say it. I mean, you, I mean, you talk about indicators. And if we look at our lives, are we walking in the will, plan, and purpose of God? Well, if we don't move scriptures to our mess and we, me and we, mo we measure our life by scriptures instead, you understand? We don't measure scripture by what I'm going through. We measure, we, we measure the scriptures. We measure our life by the scripture. And so if the Bible says, beloved, I wish above all things, you know, there is, that, that just simply means there isn't a greater prayer that was prayed for the people by the disciples than that prayer. Say, that's the greatest prayer. I mean, if somebody said, if I said, I pray above all things, 
Wouldn't that mean that to you? What would you think that meant? If I said I pray above all things, I mean of all the things you could pray for, this was the highest prayer? This was your highest prayer for me? It was, according to the disciples, this was the highest prayer he could pray. I wish above all, or I pray, the word there is actually the word pray. I pray above all things, wow, that you would prosper. Well, I'll take that, amen? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Aren't y'all tired? I get tired of not having enough or having just enough. Don't y'all? Somebody ought to shout just a little bit more than that. I get tired of that, especially when I know that's not where I have to live. If his prayer for me was that I would prosper, amen, prosper. God wants me to prosper. He wants everything I do. You know, I've met people like that. Y'all ever met anybody that just seemed like everything they do just turns to gold? Have y'all ever met that? I'm, I'm learning that. I'm just getting there. I mean, things are happening like that in my life, and I love that. But I, I have a friend who just, you know, he'll walk in a bank and walk out with a million dollars. He walked in just the other day. This man walked into a bank and met a guy. The guy said, I heard you do such and such. He made a deal with the guy in the bank. Within five minutes, he walked out and had made a million dollars. A million dollars. Now, see, he's got something about, he knows something that we don't know. Some of us don't know. How many understand what I'm talking You know, I found out life is about what? About learning the methods or learning the principles that allow us to have these blessings in our life. They tell me a person who's made a million dollars can lose it all and have it back the next day. It's because they've learned the function. They learned how to do it. They've learned the method of how to do it. How many believe God's got the method? How many believe that God can reveal his method? Well, I don't know about you, but I truly believe God knows how to reveal that method to me. He knows how to show me. If it's his highest prayer, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest well, that sounds good to me. I'll just take it, amen. I'll receive that. You know, because when we were growing up, we were told you couldn't have nothing, couldn't be nothing, couldn't do nothing. If you was in church, you just had to carry your cross. And whatever you were going through, it was the will of God. Whatever mess you in, just praise God in the center of it because he's trying to show you something. And we just lived in that. We lived in that mess. And when I found out I didn't have to live like that, then I made it my purpose not to live like that. I made it my purpose. And not only am I going to have blessings. See, I told you my parents had, had healing down pretty good. And I, I watched them. They'd lay hands on people. People get healed. And so there was a pretty, uh, a pretty clear direction of healing in our house. But they didn't, know how to, they didn't know how to live wealthy. They didn't know how to live blessed. They didn't know how to overcome the works of the devil. They didn't know how to stand on the devil's head and take authority over the devil. How many of you understand? We have authority over the works of the devil. I read it to you this morning. This is why Jesus came. Jesus came to destroy all the works. Say all. All, all the works of the devil. How many believe lack is of the devil? Yeah. See, I, I, keep, I, I know I'm supposed to go there next week because I can't hardly stop from going there this week. I just, I mean, because I just sense in our heart. See, the, the, we're told everything. Politics tell us all kinds of stuff. TV tells us all kinds of stuff. News media, te- print media tells us. I don't care what any of that says. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. I may live on this earth, but I am also a member of the kingdom of heaven. And I, 
I have all the rights and all the privileges of heaven. He said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If God has gold as streets, then bless God, I believe, for blessings on my life. If God has gates of pearl, then I believe for blessings on my life. You know what else God does not have in heaven? He does not have sickness. Somebody ought to shout about that. We used to sing that song, soon and very soon, I am going to see the king. Y'all remember that song, don't you? Soon and very soon. And then we sing, there'll be no more sickness there. I am going to see the king. And man, when I was growing up, everybody shout about that. Boy, when we get to heaven, there'll be no more sickness. Woo! Glory to God. Oh, when I get to heaven. Oh, when I get to heaven, there'll be no more sickness there. Oh, we dance and cry at the altar, fall out and everything else. Because when we get to heaven, ain't going to be no sickness there. Oh. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking And we, we, what they should have said is, you don't have to have it here. Glory to God. What they should have said is, just we don't have to accept that in our life. We don't have to have sickness and disease. We don't have to have poverty and lack. Glory to God. Look at somebody and say, I ain't going to be sick. Now, for you English majors, that was tough. Amen. We don't have to be sick. Amen. As a matter of fact, look at one of the functions of the church. Let's look at the function of the church. Turn over to Matthew chapter 8 or chapter 10, and let's look at the 8th verse. Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. Look at what Jesus commands the church to do. He sent the disciples out and the apostles out, and he anointed them to do this, and then he told us to do it as well. Look at this. Look what he said. Heal the sick. Notice he didn't say ask if they want to be healed. Didn't say try to heal them. See if you can get them healed. It was a command of the Lord. If you look at that scripture, it just tells us, point at somebody and say, you're supposed to heal the sick. Well, if God will heal somebody else, he'll heal me. I mean, God is no respecter of persons. If he'll take care of somebody else, he'll take care of me. If God will heal their wound, he'll heal my wound. If God will take cancer out of somebody else, he'll take cancer out of me. And if he'll take cancer out of me, he'll take cancer out of somebody else. How many know God is no respecter of person? Aren't you glad God is no respecter of person? That he doesn't look at one and say, well, I'll heal them and I won't heal them. Or I'll heal them and I won't heal them. No, he's chosen every one of us to be healed. You have nothing in you that can stop you from being healed because Jesus stripes bore our healing. And by Jesus stripes, look at somebody and say, by Jesus stripes. You've got to get this because it isn't by your goodness. It is not by your prayer life. It is not by your good looks. It is by Jesus' stripes. Thank God it's by Jesus' stripes. It's not, listen, we didn't get saved by works and you're not going to get healed by them either. Somebody say amen. We're to heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. You receive it freely, give it. Got to have it to give it. Look at him. You got to have it to give it. Boy, if you don't understand that, that's a mouthful right there. If you don't have it, you can't give it. But he said you freely have received it. 
You may not know you've received it. You might not even know that you have it right now, but you have it not only enough to have it yourself, but you have it enough to give it. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. That ought to be a revelation to some of y'all. Jesus said, freely you have received it. Freely you have received it. Now, that's not, that is not in the future tense. Look at it. What does it say? Freely you have. Y'all see that word have? What does that mean to y'all? Now, South Carolina, I use words like y'all and ain't. But y'all know what have means, don't you? Freely you have received. Already done. It's something you already have. You're not trying to obtain it. You already have it. You already have it. And not only do you have it enough for yourself, Oh, somebody shout amen. amen. You have enough to give it away. Amen. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers on your job. In the McDonald's. In the Piggly Wiggly. At the ball field. In the church. Amen. Heal the sick. It's the command of the Lord. Now, if it wasn't his will, he wouldn't have told us to do it. And if it was him putting his on it on us, then that would be a house divided against itself, wouldn't it? I mean, a house divided against itself cannot stand. It won't stand. It can't stand. Say amen. amen. Let's look at another one, Mark chapter 16. What is the great commission to the church? What did God tell us to do? What is his commission to us? What is his desire for us as the church? Mark 16, 15 says, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world. That say go to everybody. Y'all join up now. Go, go to everybody. And to every creature, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. These signs, say these signs, they shall follow them that believe. What, what will follow the believer? What are the signs that follow the believer in my name? Thank God it's in his name. They will cast out devils. That's why when I see this stuff, when they bring this, this, this satanic stuff in the church, this, this, this secular rock nastiness in the church and stuff, we're supposed to be casting devils out, not bringing them in. Yes, that is good preaching. We're supposed to be shutting that stuff out. We're not to have that. The Bible says we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Our job is to cast out devils, not to bring them in. Amen. They will speak in new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. That is God's desire for the church. That makes it clear to me we're the answer for the cancer. Oh, hallelujah. God has called the church to be the answer to disease. We are the answer to the works of the devil. We are the answer to the attack of Satan. We are the answer to the bondage of the devil. Say amen. amen. Lay hands on the sick. And I like this. He didn't leave us just laying hands on them. And they shall recover. Healing belongs to me. Healing is the children's bread. Just shout that out. Healing belongs to me. 
We saw from our scripture this morning that the, the woman was bound by Satan these many years. We saw that she was a child, a, a, a daughter of Abraham and qualified for healing. And the Bible clearly tells us that we are qualified for healing. The Bible tells us that he bore those stripes on that tree and qualified us for healing. How many understand you're qualified? It isn't what you do that qualifies you for healing. He did it. We're qualified. Say amen. Now I want to look at something. I want you to turn over with me to Galatians chapter 3 verse 7. What qualified the woman to be loosed from her satanic bondage? Was she a real saint? Did she do something special? No, Jesus said she would be loosed because she was a daughter of Abraham. Well, according to Galatians chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith. Is that you? Yes, it is. They which are of faith. The same are the children of Abraham. If you are of faith. And we are of faith. We are the children of Abraham. According to the scriptures, we are the sons and daughters of Abraham. We have been grafted into the family. Look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. It says this, If you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What promise? Healing is a promise. We are heirs to the promise. You and I are, 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 are qualified, have been pre-qualified. Anybody ever had a pre-qualification for a, for a bank loan? Everybody ever do that? You go down, you want to get a house, and you go to the bank, and they pre-qualify you so that when you walk in, it's already done. All you have to do is get the money for the house you want. Anybody ever do that? Jesus pre-qualified you. <laughs> You're pre-qualified. That'll be, somebody, you ought to get that in you. Because anytime sickness comes on you, you got to say, uh, 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 uh. that loan's already been paid. <laughs> no, 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 no. See, that debt's already been, I've already received the uh, pre-qualification for that. Amen. Don't you let it stay on you. Don't you let it stay in your body. Come in there with an authority against sickness and disease. Don't you play around with it. You have to realize when I come against sickness, I don't come mamby-pamby and hoping that God will do it. I come with the knowledge that Jesus paid the price necessary for everything I will ever need in my body. Every sickness that comes, Jesus has already taken care of. There isn't a sickness big enough to, to disqualify what Jesus has already qualified. No sickness big enough that Jesus hadn't already taken care of it. There won't be a new disease that comes along bigger than Jesus' stripes. He already did it. I already have it. It's mine, it's mine, bless God, it's mine. Oh, somebody shout out amen. I love that. Let's do that again. Somebody shout it again, amen. Amen. <laughs> Let's turn over. Would you go to Mark chapter 5? There are two stories listed in Mark chapter 5 that go along with our story of the woman who was bound by the devil and that God wanted to set her free and indicate to us that sickness is of the devil. Somebody said, did all sickness come from the devil? Well, ultimately it did. It did come from the devil. When Adam fell, sickness entered the planet. Prior to Adam's fall, sickness was not in mankind. 
Man didn't die. Sickness wasn't there. Say amen. But once Adam did that, sickness came. And so we can say the devil tempting Eve caused sickness. So sickness ultimately is derived from and comes from the devil. But you can't look at somebody and say, well, you've got a growth on your face. That's the devil. But you can because it came from the devil. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? We need to know that because it didn't come from God. It won't ever come from God. So if it didn't come from God, where did it come from? The devil. I mean, it's just that clear, isn't it? Look, look at somebody and say, devil bad. <laughs> See, y'all didn't even wait for me to get there. Sup with that. Devil bad. God good. When you walk out of this room, you come to Family Worship Center, if there's one thing you're going to know, you're going to know that the devil is your enemy and that God is your deliverer. Don't ever mix it up. You say, well, that's just a simple concept. Everybody's got that. Well, I went for years, and I didn't have it. I went to Bible school and was taught by scholars, and they didn't have it. I sat in theology classes that told me all kind of craziness about God. Some of them I wish I'd never sat in. I mean, I wish I'd never heard some of that stuff. Got you so confused you didn't. Listen, it's just that simple. It's just that simple. It It goes back to my story. Once you put on the spandex, it's pretty simple, isn't it? I mean, you don't need no science. (laughs) You got a visual. (laughs) And that's what I'm saying to you. It's pretty simple. It's simple to know if you just settle the the issue, settle the question. The devil is our enemy. And if we've got an enemy, we fight the enemy. The Bible says that I fight the good fight of faith. That means that when I'm sitting there in the bed of affliction, I don't sit there and let that thing stay. I don't sit there and not attack it. I go to it as if at war, fighting the good fight of faith. You know, don't just, don't just lay back and hope it's going to take care of itself. Have y'all ever noticed stuff don't just take care of itself? you got to deal with it. Jesus even dealt with the devil. He came to destroy the works of the devil. Don't sit and let it just idle by and hope that it's just going to pass on and the Lord would just take care of it because he loves me so much. The Bible tells us, listen, I love this. He says, he knows what we have need of. Now, let me qualify that. He says, I know what you, what you have need of before you even ask me. And yet he requires us to ask. What did he say? You have not because you ask not. We can't hope and stay in hope. Hope is not faith. We must move from hope into faith, and faith is what receives from the Lord. Faith requires us to know what the will of God is. Faith begins where the will of God is known. The moment sickness attacks you, you need to attack it. Mark chapter 5. When Jesus had passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. This is Jairus. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray you come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. And Jesus went with him. And many people followed him and thronged him. Now I want you to get the picture. There were people that were all around him. 
The crowd was large. It was a parade of people that were leaving. They were surrounding him and thronging him. Verse 25, And a certain woman, woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians, had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, she came into the press behind him and touched his garment for she had said, if I can touch his clothes, I'll be made whole. And straightway, the fountain of her, of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she had been healed of her plague. And Jesus immediately knew that virtue had gone out of him. He turned himself about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Who touched my clothes? And he looked around, who had done this thing? But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him the truth. And he said to her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now listen. We know from the previous text that Jesus surely indicates to us sickness is bondage. It's of the devil. It's bondage from the devil. We know that. She may not have known that. She did know that she was entitled to healing if she could touch the hem of his garment. You understand what I'm saying? Interestingly enough, if we're talking, I said that this was, that, that some have said that it was the will of God to make someone sick so that he could show his glory. I debunked that by saying I don't believe that's true. Lazarus was not sick of God. He was sick of the devil, and God's glory was in the deliverance. How I many know there's no glory in the sickness? There's no glory in the poverty. Find somebody who's impoverished. Go up to them. I mean, you go, go find you somebody on the box that, that, that has got no money, that can't do anything, and go get some advice about your stock. I'm not going to do that. There's no glory in the box. But I would go talk to somebody who had come out of the box and, sh and made it. How many know what I'm talking about? I came out of the box. You know, there are people that made it from the poverty, streets of poverty, into great success. We buy their books. The glory is in the deliverance. The glory is not in the sickness, the, the poverty. When we come out, that's when we glorify God. Knowing that, that it was the devil that did this thing, this woman touched him and she was healed of her plague. Interestingly enough, Jesus did not say what we think he should have said. Jesus did not say, my faith. That's what we have impressed on us by church. That's what we have learned is that, that this is about his desire or his faith. Jesus told us it didn't have anything to do with his faith. Her deliverance came through her faith. And I tell you today, listen to me, you get this straight, there is an answer. Somebody came to me today and said, Pastor, I've got a such and such a condition. And I've had it for years. How do I deal with this? I've got this challenge. How do I deal with this? And I told him what I'm going to tell you. Once you know the will of God, all you do is speak the will of God. We must say unto the mountain. We are guilty of allowing the mountain to be bigger than our God. That's the problem. We get in there and the mountain gets so big that we think it's bigger than God. We get, not really, I mean, but we get to the point, it looks, 
ominous and large and vast. And we forget God is the one who created all of it. Not only is that mountain dwarfed by our God. You understand what I'm trying to say? And so when we speak to this thing, you speak the word of God over your life. You got to get this so embedded in you. I don't get, I had a, I have conditions that come right along. The devil always, you know, I've passed up a lot of opportunities to be sick. I've had a few sniffles come along. I just passed them right on by. I've had, I've had growths come up on my body that I knew what the devil was trying to put me. I just, I just decided I didn't want that. I passed that right on by. I don't know if y'all understand what I'm talking about. But the way I passed it on by is because I put God's word on top of it. <laughs> I tell you, God is greater than anything in our lives. He's bigger than any sickness and disease. He's bigger than any condition that exists. <clears throat> they may have told you no a thousand times. You may have walked into something and believed it was going to come to pass and had fully believed it in your heart and it didn't happen. But having done all to stand, I'm very guilty in South Carolina. When I came to South Carolina, I was used to Florida life. So much faster pace. And I was a waiter in Florida. When I was in college, I waited tables. I did very well at it. Don't, don't look, look at it funny. I made lots of money waiting tables. But we used to get that food out in a hurry. Really in a hurry. Well, when we came here to South Carolina, it was a little different. I felt like I was an inconvenience. Y'all ever go anywhere in South Carolina? You go to the Social Security line, they make you take a number if you're the only one in the room. <laughs> no offense to South Carolina, it's just the way we are. I'm one of you now, trust me. I'm just like, but, but see, I, when guests come, they expect the meal to come like that. I have to warn them in advance, folks, listen, listen. It's not going to happen like that here. Everybody's going to get it to you when they get it to you. It's coming when it's coming. Y'all understand what I'm talking about? It's coming. No problem. But, but, but here's the thing. I can tell you this. When it does come, oh, honey. I mean, we don't just make sweet tea. We make sweet, sweet tea. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, we don't. Hey, hey if you're going to get fat in South Carolina, come in and talk about your, your, chop, your pork chop is going to come out with fat on top of it. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, when the vittles come, they, I mean, we, it may take a while to get it to you. But when it comes, it's going to be something else. That's the truth now. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We do it right. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. If you'll listen to me now, I always look forward to the meal coming. It may take a little while for me to get the meal, but I've always forgotten how long it took. I always forget the inconvenience. I always forget the time in between when I sat down at the table and when I got the meal. Once the meal shows up. Folks, listen to me. Once the meal shows up, getting the meal will be meaningless. You will forget what it took to get the meal. And you'll eat that thing. And here's what I'm saying. I mean, this is just an analogy to help you. It does not matter how long it takes for you to win the victory. I know what it's like when you get to the other side. There, there are fiery furnaces. There are fiery furnaces. The world will throw you a fiery furnace. But like I said before, there's always a fourth man in the furnace. You are not alone. Kim, you are not alone. He said, I am with thee. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest 
a table before me in the presence of everybody talking about me. Hallelujah. Take what I'm saying to you. When the door opens, when the opportunity comes, when that thing shows up, I promise you, you're going to run. You're going to run with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, stuff has come up on my body. And it took me sometimes a while to get it off. But I always know what it's like when I reach back there one more time and it ain't there. Glory to God. You're going to know what it's like when you're sitting next to your son or your daughter. And everybody said it would never happen. Oh, I'll tell you, the Bible said that for me and my house. I don't know what anybody else said. I don't know what the world said. I don't know. But I know what the Bible said. I know what, as for me and my house. You may not have ever expected to see it in your lifetime. You may not, and, and it may even be, some of the time I found out it's me that changes that makes the difference. Hello, I, I don't know how God does it. It doesn't matter to me how he does it. But God knows how to do it. And if we put it before him, he'll make the change. He'll do it. He's not a man that he should lie. Healing is forever settled. It is your faith that you receive your healing. There are 23 some odd miracles in the Bible where Jesus healed. In all of them except for one, Jesus used the phrases, thy faith, their faith, his faith, her faith, or some variation of that in those miracles. Indicating to us that the provision is already there, that if we'll use our faith, we can receive what God has already done. I want to tell you something. Healing, listen to me, healing is forever settled. Will you stand up on your feet? Hallelujah. How many got anything out of this tonight?